This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Ballot Box with me, Dashran Johan. You're listening to Apa Macam Adun, where we speak to a different Slango State Legislative Assembly member about a local issue and you get to send in your questions too. So joining me on today's episode is YB Rodia Ismail, who was the Adun for Batu Tiga until the dissolution of the Slango State Government recently. She was also the Exco for Entrepreneur Development, Housing and Urban Wellbeing. Welcome to the show, YB. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. So um, today we're going to be focused on public housing, urban well-being and also party politics since we're on the road to the upcoming state elections. If you have any questions for YB Rodia, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. You can also call us 7733-2900. Okay, YB, let's start with this first. Um, when it comes to the issues of housing, what are the powers and limitations of the state government. What is the under the purview of the state government? What's under the purview of the federal? Uh, actually, thank you, Dashan. Actually, we have uh, under ninth uh, schedule under the Constitution of Malaysia 1957, it stated that yeah, item 24, uh, a federal housing and improvement trust under federal list, in the, under list number one. But and then item four, local government outside the federal territories uh, and uh, is it Kuala Lumpur and Labuan, uh, housing and provision for housing accommodation improvement trust under the state list. It means it's a both uh, both uh, responsibilities, and then uh, it's, it depends on which territory uh, is held actually. Yeah. And then the both federal and uh, state government have the authority when it comes on housing, but we share uh, we share common issue that uh, we need to provide affordable home for the people. Uh, in the states together with the federal government. So to get a better understanding of that, um, there are various um, you know, different types of housing policies or, or housing projects in Selangor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have, let's say, PPR flats, you have Rumah Selangorku, you have other initiatives. Before we dive into the differences, could you tell us what of these um, sort of um, um, uh, policies or projects fall under the purview of federal and which of them fall under Selangor government or is it always a collaboration? between both? Um, okay, because uh, I think everybody know that uh, um, land matters is under state matters. Eh? Uh, then, in Selangor, we have one agency named uh, Lembaga Perumahan Hartanah Selangor. We are not developers, but we are the the uh, the, the the policies, uh, what we, sh- we want to make sure the, what we say, that to approve a lot of the policies in Selangor. Um, uh, let's say that under PPR, PPR is a short form for Perumahan Prihatin Rakyat. It is, um, the land belongs to Kerajaan Selangor, but the, the project is under PPR, the federal government. So the federal government give us uh, allocation to build uh, PPR housing, maybe 1,000 units or 500 units, but the land matters belongs to uh, state government. But in Selangor, we have together sometimes the land belong to federal government and the, uh, the the project is under federal government but we as a caretakers okay uh, so under selangor we have uh, six ppr six ppr and then um, together with that uh, we have another policies whatever who what whoever uh, developers they have five acres of land and above they must uh, they must follow uh, state's government's policy, which has, which, which has um, 
20, 2010, recall. Yeah, it means 20% development must go for high-rise, high uh, high-level high costs. Uh, 20% is uh, for 20, for local. And then 10% must make the, for the low-cost uh, people to have the these housing uh, and the facilities. Right. Uh, so then uh, that means that um, sometimes... The in, in in our state we have uh, state belongs to government and another state is belong to GLCs, right. yeah. And then a lot of lands actually belong to personal land, you know, right. uh, of developers and then. So uh, how how we work together uh, for the people always perumahan uh, rakyat is under in the under federal government, but kerajaan Selangor always together with them to make sure. Whatever policies in federal, we impose it in in, in state initially. Yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. So, can you tell me the difference between PPR flats and Rumah Selangoko, the initiative? Because I think um, the public sometimes when they talk about affordable housing, ah. they sometimes just lump everything into one category. So, can you tell me the difference? Okay, in Selangor, PPR is belong to government. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, sometimes uh, we call it council home. Yeah, council home. It means they we we give rental as below as two hundred fifty ringgit per month. Okay, but rumah selangoku actually uh, rumah that uh, our house that uh, people can buy. Ah, people can buy. But now we open for people can rent. Yeah, uh, then uh, actually it's belong to the the, the buyers. Yeah, belong to buyers. But the policy, the scheme, with the scheme we call Rumah Selangaku because the scheme cannot be above 250,000 ringgit. And they have uh, four types of uh, scheme uh, component. Uh, types A, 42,000. Type B, they have, um, uh, sorry, type A, 450, sorry, 600 uh, square foot. And then type B, we had we have six hundred fifty. It's it costs about eighty thousand ringgit. And then go to uh, goes to type C, uh, hundred eighty. Goes to type D, two hundred thousand. And then for sure type E is uh, two hundred fifty thousand. So that is the difference between PPR and Rumah Selangoku RSKU in short in the short term uh, in the short uh, uh, well, uh, we, we mentioned it RSKU uh-huh. right so PPR is public housing whereas um, Rumah Selangoku is the Selangor government's initiative their collaboration with the, the sort of private it's a private to control, pub- the, to, the, to control the price to control uh, okay, the price yeah, okay. okay so the, the thing is we are faced with a, a sort of I don't want to call it a crisis necessarily but a, a huge housing problem whether in Malaysia or at a global level where the prices of housing is is becoming increasingly unaffordable yeah. um, it doesn't match up with the wages and and so on and so forth so a lot of there is a lot of demand for rumah selangoku because that seems to be what people can afford for example mm. but there's there's a lot of demand but there's not enough units at least that is one of the criticism how does the government plan to address the significant gap between the demand for rumah selangoku units and the limited supply available yeah, sure. In Selangor, uh, not only the demand, actually the, the price of the land actually is um, is very, very expensive. So we need to, to see both both uh, both uh, elements, the price of the land and then, then the, the demand from the, the rakyat. So what we can do, uh, that's why uh, Lembaga Perumahan Hartana impose policy that we condone certain certain things yeah? we cannot uh, sell housing house price 
all above 300,000 and uh, and above eh? so that's why in year 2020 i did uh, done a survey how much uh, what is the price yeah that that people can afford to buy so including the single the 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 new couples or the families eh? so it's quite interesting that we found out that um we thought that only families uh, lived at the, uh, want to buy a house but actually the single actually nowadays can afford to buy but the price cannot be that high yeah so that's why now we we the gap to to make sure we reduce the the gap the Selangor state has uh, undertaken and embarked new policy that we call rang, uh, RSKU 3.0 yeah why because we want to make sure uh, we 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 improvise not only we sell three unit of rooms minimum that now we give one units of room much like the single person like to uh, like to have their own uh, house but they don't want the bigger house they just want uh, the the house that they really can afford to buy plus Actually, what necessary to buy three three bedroom? Why? Because they only need one bedroom. So it's sort so, of like a studio. A studio, you right. know. But studio before that, uh, before this, uh, to studio sub high uh, price is only four hundred fifty thousand and above. It's quite expensive. Now, Kerajaan Selangor doing only hundred and fourteen thousand ringgit for studio four hundred fifty square feet. So actually, I think we think um, uh, to to make sure uh, we can do a lot of. Uh, more houses and one million units. That's why we are targeting um, during 2025, uh, we, inshallah, can achieve 60,000 units uh, RSKU and then we can sell for others. Besides that, we, we are not talking only uh, to sell the house, but actually now we are rental. We're giving rental. Uh, we have PPR as below as uh, 250 ringgit. Now we have um, affordable rental uh, scheme and then we have rent to own, and then we have a uh, uh, house that we can sell. Right. So the, the, the ecosystem actually uh, already complete. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that Rumah Selangoku, that it's a, basically it's a form of government intervention to control the housing yeah. prices. Mm. I mean, it's a good initiative, but we got a WhatsApp on that note from Anthony, right? So Anthony says, um, as a middle-class professional without family wealth, I can only afford rumah selangoku. Mm-hmm. But every time I try to buy, the units, especially in good locations, always run out. Why can't the Selangor government intervene even more and mandate private developers to increase the quota even more of rumah selangoku? Mm, that's a very interesting uh, question from Anthony. Actually, um, we can 100% impose if the lands belong to government. Yeah, but if the, the, the lands belong to uh, developers and private sectors, we cannot impose 100%, you must do. Because we don't want to uh, suppress the economy or suppress the, 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 the rights of the developers. That's why now we have Roma Idaman. Roma Idaman, actually, the land belongs to government. Uh, everything 100% is actually is under government control. So I'm, I'm sure uh, we control it that the price cannot be above 250000 How you going to get this house? You know, you just go to Lembaga Perumahan uh, website. You can uh, see which area that you l- like. And then surprisingly, Dashen, to, uh, nowadays, we open, I think not even one day, sold out. 
Exactly. Ah, so it means that uh, people looking forward, and not even that. Sometimes they just. Uh, I think a lot of uh, a lot of developers now uh, love to use lembaga perumahan LPHS and Selangoku as their brand. You know, but actually they they are not allowed to do that because only control uh, control uh, uh, developments. Uh, only we can allow them to use uh, Selangor Moto and Selangor Lembaga Perumahan. So uh, that's the problem now. Uh, the, 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 our land is quite saturated and then especially the uh, the area that uh, TOD, they have TOD, the transportation is good, the land in, is actually in the middle of the Klang Valley, but we don't have enough uh, land anymore. Then that's why now uh, suburb area like uh, Kuala Selangor, yeah, uh, we have uh, Kuala Langat. So we now actually uh, uh, looking forward to do this RSKU 3.0 more and more, inshallah. And then don't you don't 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 ever uh, we mislook that actually we are not doing only uh, uh, what uh, strata. We have landed. RSKU, yeah, landed properties. Then now they are looking for that. But actually, if you need that type of housing, uh, you can only uh, can see it. Uh, uh, I think in the in the uh, northern part of Selangor, Kuala Selangor, Hulu Selangor, that's area more. But in the Kelang level, you have a, uh, a we have high the rise. housing high rise uh, a penny scheme. Yeah, right. scheme. Okay. All right, let's go for a very quick break. On the show with me today is YB Rozia Ismail. She's from PKR, who was the most recent Adun for Batu Tiga. We'll continue this discussion after the break. You're listening to Upper Macham Adun on Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Beyond the Ballot Box. You're listening to Upper Macham Adun. In the studio with me today is YB Rozia Ismail from PKR, who was the most recent Adun for Batu Tiga, as well as the Exco for Entrepreneur Development, Housing and Urban Wellbeing. If you'd like to send in some questions for YB Rozia, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. You can also call us 7733-2900. So YB, we've got a question about location. Um, the mm. question from Jason is, why isn't Clang in Included in Rumah Selangoku, which areas are and aren't. So I guess the bigger question to, to that is, how do you all decide where to target Rumah Selangoku? Okay, actually, um, where to target the Rumah Selangoku, uh, actually, we we did uh, we did doing the, all this uh, Rumah Selangoku elsewhere, kat mana pun. Yeah, we have in Kelang, we have in Sha'alam, we have, recently I did, uh, we did uh, Pecatana uh, in three projects in uh, Sha'alam and Kelang. So actually we we did not uh, determine determine where, but actually the, the, the policies that stated every five acres and above land belong to, belongs to uh, any developers, they must uh, they must uh, uh, include Rumah Selangoku. Uh, so, and then uh, for sure, uh, uh, government's land, JLCs, uh, uh, they, they, they need to do Rumah Selangoku. But actually, we, we did not say, oh, this area only have, but uh, we, uh, different plot ratio, different area, different um, uh, councillors, we impose different ataupun additional policies to make sure Sometimes um, location that they put into apa they they did uh, they they want to do actually is outskirts 
Nowadays, no more. Uh, we we impose even in the TOD in the in the uh, in the prime land, we impose this uh, to 202010 policy. Right. Yeah, uh, right. So now let's switch gears a little bit and talk about. PPR flats. Mm. Um, what initiatives does the Selangor government have specifically to help those who are living in PPR flats so that their lives, um, uh, that their living conditions are more dignified and their lives are more dignified as well? I like that question, you know. So, uh, because always when we talk about PPR, we, uh, we, uh, we, we try to think that, wow, this is very abandoned, uh, very slum area, right. you know. But uh, in Selangor, I think... Uh, during my time as Esco Kebajikan 2010, uh, we discussed with perumahan, uh, perumahan, lembaga perumahan. We established one uh, anak syarikat, yeah, uh, lo- uh, agency, uh, uh, government agencies uh, named Perbadanan Hartanah Selangor. We manage our own uh, uh, property. Yeah, property. It means that uh, we take care. And we make sure uh, uh, those people living that have a good condition, and then their their the the service is good. And then at the end of the day, I think it's quite. Uh, I I'm I, I can see and I can say proudly that uh, in ninety nine percent people staying there uh, uh, satisfied, and then uh, even they pay the rent uh, consistently. And uh, even uh, during our COVID time, yeah, they paid. Ah, it's quite a surprise, you know. Uh, so and then, but now we are imposing imposing that uh, they cannot stay there more than five years because people, every, everybody want to stay in a PPR, you know, because uh, sometimes they they uh, they feel like PPR like it's transit home for them. So actually, we manage it. Uh, we make sure we our own government uh, link uh, JLCs uh, take care. And then nowadays we have one, uh, I established another scheme we call Harmony Lestari. Uh, actually, we take over a lot of uh, low-cost housing uh, flats that actually abandoned and running run down. Uh, we take care, we, we, we make sure our building managers uh, manage the, the low-cost flats very well. Mm. Right. You know, you mentioned something very interesting, which is everybody wants to stay in a PPR flat. And earlier before the break, you also talked about how, you know, when these days when you put up a, a Rumah Selangoku and you announce that, you know, it's for sale within an hour sometimes or, yeah. you know, the day, just everything gets sold out. Yeah. So I think this goes back to the to the larger problem, isn't it? I think it, it highlights good initiatives. It also highlights a larger problem where people just cannot afford to buy the regular housing that, you know, a large majority of people, especially younger people, millennials, um, even people that come from middle class families, you know, and and we're not just talking about the urban poor, right? Mm -hmm. Even the urban middle class is struggling to buy houses, so much so that there's so... There's so much um, um, sort of desperation and clamor for affordable housing. Um, how do you, what do you, what can be done to deal with this larger issue where housing is just not primarily at, at all? It's it's not affordable for mm-hmm. middle class people and and below. And even you know initiatives like Rumah Selangoku, we have PPR flats and all. It's just not enough because the demand and supply doesn't match up. Mm. Uh, that's why we have uh, we control. We give uh, a very strict criteria, yeah, for those that are eligible to to uh, to get this uh, affordable home. Uh, let's say that uh, for Roma Selangoku, certain certain types, uh, the, the the income group or the household income cannot be more than ten thousand. If you have a uh, ten thousand ringgit and above, 
and then you cannot uh, you can allow yeah uh, to get this uh, this type of uh, roma roma affordable so what we what we can do uh, we make sure we use, you use the system yeah the system uh, i think the selection is not the people uh, you first come first serve and then once you 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 we, when we compare the criteria you meet the criteria you will be in uh, you will be in that's why uh, the my worry is actually we don't have enough we don't have enough uh, i always mention that i'm not i'm not doing a quay you know we are doing <laughs> housing estate or housing area housing uh, housing uh, development so it takes time one approval we give it takes sometimes 36 months to complete it that's why now in kerajaan selangor uh, uh, give some incentive for those developers that using uh, ibf uh, they can get fast track So you know, uh, using uh, using this IB IB pengata um, uh, uh, the 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 system that guna IBF ini it can be can do it faster. Sometimes maybe uh, 12, 12 months or 18 months to complete it. So that's better. So now the problem is uh, how we make sure those people uh, under this criteria only can get this system this uh, this scheme you know uh, and then those that's why we adjust a lot of thing we adjust a lot of thing to make sure the demand is there why be even speaking of the criteria right um you know the like you mentioned earlier rumah selangor is eligible for people who earn a maximum of 10000 ringgit household income mm-hmm. is it again this this household income thing it brings about other problems right which, which i'm very curious to you know how you tackle because if a single person earning 10000 ringgit Um, and a family of five or a family of four, husband, wife, uh, together, they are earning 10,000 ringgit. It's two completely different set of circumstances, mm-hmm. right? A single person earning 10,000 ringgit may not need rumah selangoku, but a family where it's a husband earning 5,000, wife earning 5,000, they got two children, they may probably need rumah selangoku yeah. more. Yeah. How do y'all or do y'all have a, a method of of you know sort of um discerning these these situations and and things like that for sure we have we have it's not so so uh, direct like that right? it's not so direct like that that's why uh if yeah if we can uh, if they feel that they should they should get this home this house then they they want to apply again or what rayuan then they can go to the board of rayuan yeah got rayuan then they can they need to justify why yeah, justify why but actually um when we talk about rumah selangoku the price is not only 250000 you have we have 42 we have uh, 100 we have 180 we have 200 so it means is a is a last time we just put Um, three hundred, three thousand ringgit and below. So actually, nobody can afford uh, uh, eligible to get it. But that's why we increase the the criteria to what ten thousand ringgit. So actually, the brackets that we put, uh, and then there's this. Actually, the uh, it's chosen by the system, but they still can uh, um, rayu, yeah. This can rayu uh, if they feel that they. Can get there, but sometimes they their income is one eleven uh, thousand, let's say. So we will see it if if the, if it is a uh, something that um, what we say something is we can uh, just uh, they they can give the justify justification. Then we can say okay, lembaga rayuan uh, approve the application. Yeah. Right. So I've got a question um, f- uh, on WhatsApp from Trevor. Um, he says, dear YB, just asking, um, is there a racial quota? 
allocation for the RSKU projects? If it's if there is a quota, is it possible to know the percentage? A quota in terms of? So like a racial quota. Racial. Racial oh, quota. We don't have. Oh. Uh, we don't have the, have the racial quota. What we give the merit, we give uh, give the merit to Selangorian. Ah, yeah, Selangorian. So if you are Selangor, then you you have the the, the weightage. If you are not Selangorian, so you you can uh, the, the 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 weight the weight is not there. <laughs> Sorry to say that. Right, <laughs> but right. a lot of uh, non Selangorian get the house actually. Yeah. Okay, we do have a phone call from Roy. Roy, you have a question for YB Rotia. Hi, Roy. Um, hello. Uh, uh, hi, um, YB. Yeah. I've got a, a, a question. I don't know whether it's under your portfolio, but this is about the flyover, Bandar uh, Sarjana Putra flyover. Mm. Um, you know, they said that this is for the motorists of, that uh, use the Elite Highway and the SKV Highway. Uh, when it, it, uh, the, uh, the traffic jam is so, so bad, especially after you exit from either or of the highways. Mm-hmm. That we have to go through this uh, one... Um, Small uh, uh, runabout for us to, uh, you know, to get past the the, the runabout. It may take about half an hour at times, and bulan puasa even more, mm. close to 45 minutes. Yeah. So uh, I think it's what somewhere has been made 2023, but it's now August. So if maybe YB can uh, enlighten us on this. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Roy. Um, Actually, uh, this is something that we just discussed. I just discussed with uh, our Menteri Besar. Uh, because I have a lot of complaint regarding this thing, then I'm a bit wary because the development surrounding uh, Saudanya Putra actually is, is increasing, uh, rising, you know. So, and then when we discuss with, with this matter, and then uh, I I told Menteri Besar, why don't we speed it up? <laughs> uh, we speed it up. Uh, like what I did uh, Rumah Selangoku, we speed it up by we uh, established the t- special task force. Yeah, we know uh, sometimes when we uh, we work as a, we are, I, I, I know that we project that it will finish by, I think, May 2023. But actually, then now they have an LED, you know. And then uh, I kata, why not we, we establish the task force? And then somebody need to see this issue. Then MB, uh, Roy, I don't know whether it will be a good uh, a good uh, what to say a good uh, in, uh, a good sorry for you that inshallah um Tribasa giving her uh, give her his uh, his uh, mandate that he he's, he told me that inshallah he try he try his best to make sure at the end of this year the project will finish so uh, let us together see whether it can do or not but inshallah I think uh, uh, every time we meet up, uh, Datuk Menteri Besar always mention about this, and he is not happy because it's, uh, the the highway is uh, the flyover actually is not done yet. Okay. So speaking of development and and unhappiness, or mm. maybe happiness after yesterday, so the Selangor government announced that they have cancelled the controversial PJD Link project. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think this is great news, welcomed by the folks of Petaling Jaya. Um, but again, you know, some of the, there, there's been some criticisms again, right? Because it's always ifs and buts. Um, if the developer can fulfill conditions set by the state and appease the people, we can continue ahead with that. But th- that's the quote by um, the, 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 the Selangor MB, Amiruddin Shari. Mm. My, my question is, why can't the Selangor government led by Pakatan Harapan give a firm commitment to reject the very concept of elevated highways 
especially in the PJ area, mm -hmm. and focus instead on developing and improving public transportation, walkable, well-connected cities, so on and so forth? I think we did affirm it. Yeah, we did affirm it. That's why we are a bit worried now. A uh, lot of uh, development. In fact, I'm an MP on Ampang. Uh, I can see a lot of uh, development uh, coming in. Uh, uh, or I think uh, throughout three, 30 years ago, still ongoing, you know, still ongoing. But I think uh, I like your question, your, your, your ideas. Actually, not only to improve the public transport. We need to think, uh, like me, I am a, a housing uh, uh, ex-co. Why people so easily buy a car, but it's so difficult to get a house? Uh, this is something uh, fundamental, fundamental questions that we need to uh, see as a big picture. Yeah, if we want people to uh, use our tra public transport, then maybe we need to see together with how easy people uh, get the after uh, buying a car, and then maybe we need to uh, as in parliament we need we need to debate about this issue. Okay, so how are we going to um, um, satisfy both parties? is actually the challenges that we face now as a, a state, as Lango State Government. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, we are going to go for another quick break. On the show with me today is YB Rodzia Ismail from PKR, was the most recent Adun for Batu Tiga. After the break, we discuss party politics. Keep it here on Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Beyond the Ballot Box. You're listening to Apamacham Adun. In the studio with me today is YB Rodia Ismail from PKR, who was the most recent Adun for Batu Tiga and Exco for Entrepreneur Development, Housing and Urban Wellbeing. In the final segment of the show, we're going to be talking about party politics. Um, so if you'd like to send in some question, questions for YB Rodia, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. You can also call us 77332900. All right, YB, um, party politics time um, since the elections is very close. Um, you've been an Adun of Batu Tiga since 2008. Um, yeah. Very little complaints from um, what I've observed. Um, a lot of people like you. Why were you dropped um, from the upcoming elections? Why are you not contesting? I'm not dropped. Yeah, okay. I said the most suitable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'm graduated uh, from being an Adun. Now, actually, um, uh, uh, it's a high time. I, I, I think what I have uh, experienced uh, being an Adun, now actually it's time for me to to serve in parliament. That's why I'm successfully uh, won in Ampang. Alhamdulillah, inshallah, I think I, this is a time we give to newcomers, new face, for them to to be in the line, uh, to give to get this commitment, to to take over Kerajaan Selangor. And then for me, uh, sometimes people mention that politics is something that they feel owned by, by the the adons or the MPs, you know. Now we we uh, I'm actually always believe that uh, to be in politics to hold certain position is only temporary, yeah. But when you're given the opportunity, you must do it as best you can. Yeah, that's why for me, uh, it's not drop. I'm not even uh, proposed to be. In <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, mohon. Eh? I'm not applying for the right. being an adon. So actually. Uh, enough 
for me for 15 years to to serve for Batu Tiga insyaallah right so mm. maybe you'll see your name in G16 PRU insyaallah <laughs> <laughs> but I, I G, G15 I won in Ampang happy yes, absolutely insyaallah so um could you give us some insights into the seat negotiations that recently took place because i imagine it is you know very different from previous seat negotiations where it's just your um coalition pakatan harapan pkr yeah. um dap amana now you have barisan national in the fold as well um could you give us some insights into that whole process how how did it go um i think yeah uh, this time around the negotiation is not very straightforward we must accommodate a lot of uh, our coalition yeah is uh, our party in perpaduan perpaduan i think we need to um we need to uh, give some respects to our coalition our our friends uh, especially with amno barisan uh, national because they are very significant uh, uh, to be in selangor you know uh, yeah it's not that easy uh, some we need to pass the baton to for them to continue this uh, this uh, this uh, this uh, election but at the end of the day uh, this is something beautiful we manage to give our commitment only one candidate from harapan and barisan nasional we can when contest in one area so kita tak ada pertembungan ya we don't have that uh, pertembungan that is a very beautiful of it it means uh, alhamdulillah uh, all the coalition gabungan perpaduan uh, understand uh, where and who will be in that uh, uh, constituency and then we Okay, it's done actually. Fifty-six uh, seats, inshallah. What are you hearing from the ground so far, um, especially among your grassroots? Mm-hmm. Has working with Amno for who the party, which for the longest time was your sworn enemy, so to speak, <laughs> has it impacted your popularity among grassroots and your voters at large? I think this time around is is they have a it has a advantages. Um, yeah, you know, we need to. Adjust and adapt, uh, because for me, uh, <laughs> last time before GE15, uh, we always say about them. But actually, to respect, due respect to our our Badu uh, Yamamulia Agong, then we feel that okay, we everybody need to respect. Uh, but uh, actually, in Selangor, purposely in uh, Shalam in Ampang, <clears throat> what I can see, inshallah, I think people can accept it. We can accept. As far that our Prime Minister. Manage to control and give the best to make sure our perpaduan, our focus, our stability is there. I think people can buy this idea, inshallah. Hmm. So maybe Pakatan Harapan supporters can buy it. At least um, that's what you say, and and many others are saying as well. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk to you about vote transferability because mm-hmm. you are hoping that essentially BN core supporters will vote for PH where mm-hmm. the PH candidate is set, uh, sitting, and Pakatan Harapan supporters to vote for BN where BN is standing. Mm-hmm. But A lot of analysts have pointed out, um, especially when we when we you know when when they go on the ground and they ask, or when they look in the details, the granular details of mm. GE15, the sentiment. Many people are saying that Barisan National, the 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 support base would rather go with Perikatan National rather than Pakatan Harapan. How are you tackling this issue? I think to uh, to tackle this issue, we need to uh, to make sure the BN yeah playing their roles. Uh, It's very important playing, to to playing their role, because for me, uh, they need to make sure their supporters understand what is this coalition is about. It's a paduan, and then um, to make sure 
this trans this transfer this transfers vote is not significant enough to give a uh, benefit to our opponent. You know, so that's why I think uh, recently, I think GE fifteen is quite quite a, a straightforward issue. But this time around, I can see uh, uh, the transfer vote. Actually, we can, we we can condone it a bit uh, slowly, slowly. Uh, but nah, but they have but here. <laughs> but uh, I think the best situation is uh, BNs, AMNO, and uh, we ourselves, Pakatan Harapan, always need to be sincere. Yeah, to be sincere. It's not uh, sincere means that uh, no more talking uh, at the back. Uh, about we don't like this uh, this coalition, but actually we need to adapt and adjust quickly because uh, we have actually, I don't know, people already within this 10, uh, 10 days or 9 days, they already make up their mind, okay? But we I hope that this time around, our our BN's uh, supporters did not transfer the vote to the other party. The, the best thing is really how they tackle, how we tackle the Malay voters' issue. And, yeah. and that's what I want to ask YB, because mm. PAS is growing stronger everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. No, the gone are the days of them being a, sla, uh, a Klantan and Trangano party. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a very popular national party. Their popularity is increasing, even in places like Penang, Slango, and Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. I guess the question to you is, why is PAS, or how has PAS grown that much more popular, even in Slango, despite Harapan's governance for 15 years? Mm. I would like to say that uh, I'm a bit worried about the the maybe you all mentioned about they are growing yeah but actually the most uh, the 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 most uh, frustrating part actually they are using Islamic yeah as their campaign and then uh, Islamic approach and they show that they are more Islamic than us actually this is not about to show who is the more most Islamic than what this is a, this is issue that how are we going to govern yeah how are we going to govern this country uh, so this is the most important things uh, we need to uh, promote but for me what we can do I think Selangor even though we can see this is something that we we need to tackle the fundamental issue for Muslim Malay how they understand about Malay uh, how they understand about uh, Muslim ataupun Islam is all about. Yeah? For me, Islam is something that very beautiful. Yeah, very beautiful. Uh, we we promote justice. We promote uh, harmony. We we promote compassion. So uh, then, these three other issue they playing around actually is very damaging. Very very damaging. I'm I'm I'm, I'm as a as a person himself. I'm very upset about this matter. But actually, uh, what what I should say that uh, the our government, the recent government, maybe we need to strengthen the perpaduan, the the respectful uh, uh, programs and activities. Yeah. So what I can say as a Muslim, the the things that they bring, uh, the the, uh, the uh, what past bring, actually is not hundred percent what Islam. Is mentioned so about. On, on that note, right, some have criticized Pakatan Harapan because I think very few would argue with what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm. But some have criticized Pakatan Harapan for ever since coming into power, pandering to when it comes to social certain social issues, human rights issues, pandering to the conservative crowd, trying to, as you said, they are trying to show that they are more Islam than y'all. Some might argue that 
Pakatan Harapan have started to play the same game, trying to outpass pass at their own game, um, at the expense, and all of this is done at the expense of Pakatan Harapan's own core supporters who have followed or who, who believe Pakatan to be a very progressive, whether socially or economically a progressive sort of block. How would you respond to this, that Pakatan has pandered to the conservatives? I mean, I think um, Pakatan Harapan has pended. Uh, it's not really, really, it's not really. What we're trying to say that uh, we we now actually uh, we are very understand what the people needs nowadays. We are not talking about ethnic issue anymore. Yeah, uh, let's say that like I'm I'm an adun for 15 years. I managed to settle. Uh, six square, six temple for Indian, even I am a Muslim. You know, then people can perceive that, oh, the, uh, we are giving uh, Pakatan Harapan because we are giving uh, justice for all. Uh, that is the most important, important thing. But sometimes politicians may be trapped under, they want to be populist. Yeah, populist. We cannot, we are trendsetter by right. We cannot be following what the the what the people what the uh, what the agenda of our opponent yeah for me I would love to say that like uh, our PMX uh, yeah he is giving a, a very very clear uh, direction where we should go and then how we should govern this uh, this uh, this upper uh, this country that's why I myself yeah. Uh, only we want to promote the new politics. Uh, we want to promote new politics, new agenda. You know, that's why even though my friends, a lot of my friends, passed before <laughs> this, but I think I choose Kadilan to be uh, for my platform in politics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got a few minutes left, so I want to talk to you about the third force. Um, <laughs> Basically, a progressive bloc comprising MUDA and Party Socialist Malaysia has been formed. Uh, MUDA was previously working together with y'all. Now they've decided to contest solo mm -hmm. and then they've formed a, a sort of progressive bloc or at least doing seat negotiations with Party Socialist Malaysia PSM. Are there concerns that Pakatan Harapan might lose some of its support to this third force among disgruntled Harapan voters or fence-sitters who say that Harapan isn't progressive enough, isn't economically, for example, left-wing enough, or has stayed strayed away from their principles mm. over the past few years? Mm. I think <clears throat> maybe Harap, uh, maybe uh, MUDA and PSM try to uh, impose the democratic way uh, how they perceive their 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 platform uh, in politics should be in this uh, ele election coming in coming election but actually at the end of the day I want to mention I want to say that actually uh, at the end of the day we want to govern a country or a state yeah you need a coalition okay but uh, it's not because harapan uh, did not highlight certain certain issue. Uh, enough, actually, yeah. But you know, uh, we we actually is not. Is, I I'm not very uh, very defensive, but, but for sure we have a we have something that we need to learn. Yeah, we need something that can manage using our our existing platform. Okay, I think uh, when he they decided to uh, to. Uh, to pull themselves from uh, harapan, I think it's okay. It's okay because <laughs> we uh, they have their rights. This is a democratic country. But at the end of the day, the day, the day we don't know how we how they want to 
um, to explain to the people that he ha- they have the idea. They have the very idealist idea. But at the end of the day, they wa- people want to see how they're going to uh, to make sure it's happened when you are giving the chance, okay? But for me, uh, it's very easy, yeah? To be in Harapan and Popaduan, we have more challenges to go, okay? But at the end of the day, we have more suara, yeah? More people voice, uh, we can hear because now we have Melayu, China, India, Gadazan, Sabah, Sarawak, whoever, uh, we, we, pull, and we put under our uh, our basket together and then everybody I'm always mentioned that democratic is not about majority democratic is about to hear minority too yeah so at the end of the day we cannot put aside anybody inshallah so I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, I want to give some advice to Muda because uh, it's, it's not because we, are, we want to bully them no we know such thing but I think politics uh, the science and the arts of politics is slightly different when we talk about how we're going to give the best to the to the to the country. You know, so it's not very straightforward. Or you think you have the idea, and then you straight away uh, people can buy. No, some this time around people want to see who is the 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 one can give the best to govern the country because enough is enough. We lost thirty three months, so I think this time around we pull together to make sure. We win Harapan and Papaduan this time around, inshallah. And on that note, YB, thank you so much for joining me today. Okay, thank you very much. That was YB Rojia Ismail from PKR, who was one of the most recent Adun for Batu Tiga and ex- she's also an ex- the for the former Exco for Entrepreneur Development, Housing and Urban Wellbeing. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan and this has been Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.